is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. I hope everyone's feeling fine today. Um, It's been a minute since I've flown solo on one of these, as you may have noticed, if you're a regular listener, at least as of late. Um, on that note, I, I, I just want to go ahead and start off by, you know, thanking Eric for joining me on so many of these and, and becoming something of a, a regular uh, on the Toddcast. Um, he is uh, in the a very real and very literal sense um, the, the show's Cobro, um, far beyond just a co-host, um, and I appreciate him coming on, and I hope that you all enjoy, you know, having him on. I, I think he brings the show up a notch, personally. I hope you all agree. Um, I really like the way this is, this is working out. Um, you know, technical issues aside, it's, it's pretty sweet to, you know, have him on with me and, and, chat about, you know, general whatnot, um, and have them on the show, because I, I enjoy our conversations, and I, I, I'd like to think that you guys do too, and again, just a, a shout out to Eric for, for joining in, and thank you, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep that rolling. Um, but that said, uh, like I said, it's, it's been a while since I've just recorded a, you know, Toddcast classic, um, or I don't know what, what you'd call that, um, Original Toddcast? Vintage Toddcast? I don't know. Anyway, it's been a while since I've been on here by myself is the point, and I'm, you know, rambling pointlessly about that, and now I'll shut up about it uh, to a certain degree. Um, the other day was uh, flipping through the Twitter um, and saw a thing that I found to be, you know, a little inspirational. Um nearly got into a car accident, so that's bullet dodged, or car dodged, I guess, as it might be. Um, strangely enough, I don't think it's a Dodge. I believe it's a Ford. <laughs> a little joke for me there. Well, you know, high-speed impact humor for you. Um, what the heck was I talking about? It's amazing how near-death experiences will just take whatever it is you're thinking and knock it right out of your head. Um, Twitter, that's it. Uh, so yeah, I was on Twitter and, and saw, saw a thing posted that kind of, uh, you know, looked at it as like, Hmm, that's a good, that's a good thing. That, that, that's interesting. I, I can, I can ramble about that for, for a commute or so. Um, but of course in my standard fashion, I'm not going to get straight to that. Um, because now I've, my brain has shifted gears into, you know, Twitter, um, I have a couple of different Twitter accounts. Um, I've got the, you know, the Toddcast Twitter account. That's at Cast Todd, C-A-S-T-T-O-D. If you've uh, not been paying attention to the uh, the end credits, as they were, um, of which you're all welcome to to reach out and talk to me on. Um, it's a little, been a little quiet out there. Um, I just want to make sure you're all aware. The open invitation to to reach out and ask questions, say things, give feedback, etc. Um, 
and I use that one, you know, to to you know for for the Toddcast uh, communications relating to that. Um, I recently opened up a new Twitter for the you know Dungeon Community College uh, realm of things that I will you know someday get, be able to actually get going. I think there's approximately zero activity on that one at present, but I intend to fix that coming up. Uh, I've got my old Twitter account from forever ago, um, for which I don't know that I could accurately give you the Twitter handle for, because it's been so long and I never use it. Um, I believe it's Pope Nord 5, 5 being a Roman numeral V, uh, which I guess is actually Roman numeral 5, which is a V. You know what I mean. And frankly, even if you don't, it doesn't matter because I'm never really on there. Um, and then I've got the one that is my, you know, sort of common daily use. Uh, and that is today's show title, um, which, again, I'm just failing miserably and I'm driving and I can't check. I don't know what the handle is because I don't really pass that handle out. Um, here's what you do. You, you get on Twitter. You, you go to at Cast Todd, as you should have already. And you follow me like you should already. Uh, if you look at my followers, you'll be able to find it. Um, and that one was created as a bit of a, um, you know, the name for it today's show title was a, a bit of a, uh, a tribute, if you will, um, a, a, an homage to another podcast that uh, Abby's a big fan of and I, I enjoy as well. Uh, I think I've mentioned it here on the Toddcast a, a couple of times, um, and that would be TBTL, which I'm not going to, you know, get into explaining to you, but it's it's a podcast. It's like a daily podcast, um, and they make their show titles, you know, funny little one-liners that, you know, weird things that they say during the show, uh, you know, an odd phrase that they think is funny, and they'll, you know, make note, ah, that'll be today's show title, and, and more often than not, it is. Um, and a thing that seems to happen with a lot of the, the TBTL listeners, um, you hear them talk about this all the time and you, you end up adopting it in your own actual real day-to-day life where you'll say a funny thing and be like, ah, there's today's show title. Um, and Abby and our, Abby and I found ourselves doing that quite often. And, you know, they're funny little one-liners that are just complete non sequiturs out of the blue that, you know, and we found ourselves, you know. Oh, that was funny. The other day, what was it? Oh, crud, I can't remember. I'm like, we can fix this. And I created a Twitter account um, called Today's Show Title. And whenever we would encounter one of those, you know, things or weird, weird snippet of, co- uh, you know, conversation out of context, I would just throw that in as a tweet um, for, you know, Today's Show Title. Even though at the time I did not have uh, a show to title, uh, I wanted to capture that. So, you know, if you want a, a, a miscellaneous, you know, collection of weird one-liners and, and odd phrases that make no sense, um, feel free to check that out and enjoy that. Um, but that's kind of become my daily use uh, Twitter um, and with whom I follow folks. And I'm led to believe that, you know, the way I use Twitter, particularly for that account, is, is wrong it's, it's not the way people use Twitter. Uh, it turns out people use it for actual, you know, communication and as a, a social media. Um, I don't do that so much. Uh, it's, it's more a collection of 
things I find funny or, or humorous things or, or something to something to brighten the day a bit is, is kind of what I use it for. Um, I follow, you know, a couple of, uh, couple of web comics, uh, type things where they post that there are, you know, a few people who, who post things that I find interesting and I like to get updates on what they're doing and how things are going. Uh, and so I'll follow them and have them be in my feed. Um, but I don't, I, I generally don't interact a whole lot. It's more of a, it's almost like an RSS reader for me, the, 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 the Twitter feed, um, one of those things is a an account, I believe it's called, you know, you had one job. And it's, you know, just pictures and, and commentary on, you know, goofy things that have been done incorrectly. You know, uh, somebody installed a toilet seat with the, you know, the, the lid touching the actual toilet and then the ring on top of it. Like, this is obviously backwards. Hey, you had one job. Funny crap like that, um, which is probably not nearly as entertaining me describing it verbally, but... Here we are. Welcome to the podcast. All of which brings me back around full circle to the the uh, the post that I saw, uh, which I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting interesting concept. I can talk about that. And basically, it was a picture of a you know a, a downtown city, you know, skyscrapers, and you know it's it's empty. There's there's nothing, no one in the streets, nothing happening. And the, the caption on it was, you know, um, you wake up and find out that you are the last person on earth. What would you do first? I'm like, that, that's a good question. I can, I can ramble on about that. I'm, I'm cool with that deal. Um, and so now, I don't know, 10 minutes into it, I, that, that's where I'm going to go. Um, and I appreciate the wording on that because it's, it's, it's a little more specific than the standard you're the last person on earth, what would you do? It's, you wake up and find out you're the last person on earth. What would you do first? Uh, which is more specific, and I, I feel I can speak to that maybe a little better. Um, because if I wake up and discover I'm the last person on earth, that's far different than, oh, I'm going about doing my you know daily routine, and holy shit, where'd everybody go? You know, um, and depending on the circumstances, that, you know, the circumstances wildly change your answer. You know, um, if right now, as I'm driving home, I was suddenly the last person on earth, there's a whole bunch of logistics that go into that in that I'm surrounded by a bunch of cars going, you know, 50, 60 miles per hour. If all the drivers suddenly vanished, I got myself a problem. And I may not be the last man on earth for very long, um, depending on how, how well that goes. Um, you know, if I'm hanging out at the office and all of a sudden, poof, everyone's gone, that's a weird situation that is not quite as inherently immediately dangerous. Um, you know, those sorts of things. If I'm on a, you know, a, a mid-Atlantic flight, that's a far different situation, you know. But you wake up and no one's around and you you discover this. I mean, I guess that's that's sort of inherently part of it is... There, there's got to be some delta between when you wake up and when you actually discover that you're the last person on earth. Because if I wake up and, you know, Abby's not there with me, it's like, oh, that's weird. Okay, maybe she woke up and did a thing. And I go downstairs and she's gone and, the you know, the girls are gone. And I'm going to walk around the house and be like, what's going on? Like, I don't immediately know I'm the last person on earth just yet. 
Um, it's not until I venture a little further afield that I discover that. And so the question of what would you do first um, becomes relevant and, and relative to when you discover this. Um, you know, I wake up in the morning, random work day, everybody's gone. You know, my first thing I'm going to do at that point is, you know, call and text Abby, be like, hey, what's going on? Which would, you know, not get any responses. Um, but again, at this point, I don't know I'm the last person. You know, my next step is, you know, what the sh what the shit? And step outside to see, you know, is her car gone? Did she go somewhere? No, her car's still here. You know, that early in the morning, I may or may not notice that there's no one else around. Like, typically, there aren't that many people up and running around in the condo plex, so that wouldn't be an immediate giveaway. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure the next question, the next thing would be, you know, calling the cops. Be like, hey, listen, I just woke up. My, my family's gone. No one's answering anything. What do I do here? But, of course, they're not going to answer, or I'd get, go to some sort of system because none of the dispatchers are on the earth anymore for whatever reason. Um, and I think it's probably at that point I'd start piecing things together and start, like, knocking on neighbors' doors. And I think it's about this time where I'd be like, oh, shit, this is a bigger thing, you know. You, you turn on TV and realize no one's broadcasting, you know, the morning news because they're all gone. You know, I got to think that it would still be broadcasting something. Like, the news programs would be on, but there are no longer any camera people or people behind the desk. You, you know, oh, crap. I feel like that would probably be the quick giveaway of you are you may be the last man standing, Todd. Um, at which point the question of what do you first become you know, becomes relevant, um, and you know the the honest answer there is probably break down in a blubbering mess, um, in a you know wallowing pit of despair that suddenly I'm so alone and everyone I love and care about is gone. Um, that's really the first thing that's going to happen. Um, you know, maybe at other points in my life where I was, you know, more of a selfish person who didn't have maybe a whole lot of people around, that might have been a different reaction. But that's really the first thing I'm doing is, holy fuck, this is, this is not, you know, this, <laughs> this is terrible. Um, at which point I would probably, once I eventually gathered myself, I think I, I, I am the kind of person that would immediately turn to practical matters. Um, again, all based on the assumption that I know this is, this is a thing. This is, you know, everybody is actually gone, gone and not coming back. Which, if you are the only person on Earth, that's going to be a hard thing to, to really ascertain with any, seri with any certainty or seriousness. Um, I mean, I guess that kind of comes down to the circumstances by which everyone is, is gone. You know, if I wake up in a fallout shelter <laughs> and all the, you know, sensors and Geiger counters are going off that, oh, everything's been cooked, uh, maybe I can make some assumptions that that's how everyone went and I, I may be, you know, the last person around. You know, if, uh, you know, turns out I'm wrong and, you know, this atheism thing I've been doing is just way off base and I wake up one morning and everybody's been raptured and there's, you know, uh, you know, a, a golden envelope 
on the pillow next to me that I open and say, yep, you were wrong. Everyone's in heaven or hell. You missed the boat. You're on your own. Okay, well, that's pretty clear evidence that, you know, this is what's happened. But I think if, you know, everybody just sort of vanished mysteriously, it'd probably be hard to determine if I was the only person left. Because I feel like my gut reaction would be when, you know, everyone around me is gone, I would tend to think, well, I don't know if it's everybody on the earth or if, you know, there's some sort of, you know, okay, Ohio suddenly has been mystically depopulated or the United States. Like, I feel like I would try to do some sort of let's see if there are any others thing going on. Um, to which, like I said, I think whether I was on some quest to find others or just, well, I guess it's just me and I have to survive. Um, I would go to the practical and it would be, okay, let's, let's establish food sources. I think is probably where I'd go because shelter is not a problem. All the houses are open. It's a matter of, you know, prying open the door and, you know, any house building, et cetera, you want is shelter. We, we've got that on lockdown. Um, Food, however, is a different problem because if everybody's gone, you know, all the infrastructure and maintenance that goes with society is going to eventually go away to nothing. Um, you know, sure, for now, all of the, you know, power plants are still running and everything still has juice and the refrigerators are still running and and so on and so forth. But, you know, there's a, there's a clock on that, uh, you know, especially depending on where you are. You know, I guess if you're living in a place that's that's running, you know, purely on you know hydroelectric or, or wind power or something where, you know, somebody isn't actually burning something to make your electricity, you can probably get along a little longer. But if you're, you know, if your local power plant is operating off of coal, at some point that coal stops getting in there. People stop maintaining the stuff and you, my friend, no longer have juice. I don't know enough about, you know power plants and stuff, but I got to think that even solar plants have some sort of control mechanisms that somebody's got to maintain, and that stuff's going to go away eventually, which means there goes all of your, your refrigeration, your air conditioning, um, and there goes a decent chunk of your food, um, which now that I think of it brings up a whole other realm of things is, am I the last human on earth? Or am I the last living creature on Earth? Because if it's me and all the animals around and I'm, you know, pretending I'm the new Noah, okay, that, that sort of solves a food situation. You know, I just need to learn how to hunt and quick um, and or how to gather um, pretty quickly. If I'm the last living thing on Earth, I, I got to figure I'm probably not, you're not going to last too long because there's only so much food around. Um and I can, you know, eventually work my way vegan. But if you're, you know, if none of the plants are around, you know, there's what's stockpiled in dry goods. And that's only going to get you so far before it's going to go bad or whatever. And you got a whole different situation. Um, but supposing that it's I'm the last human and we've, we've still got, you know, animals and plants and all that stuff. Um, I'd still need to procure enough food to cover me until I learned 
how to hunt and gather and do all of those things that we as a we as humans have done forever but i personally have never had to deal with i mean i've grown some vegetables in you know a little garden in the back um but not to any sort of self-sustaining level <laughs> um you know i've never been hunting um I gotta think I've yeah I've 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 told the story of how crappy I am with a with a gun. Um, I think I'd have to sharpen those skills um, if I was gonna have meat. And then you know okay so you find a deer and shoot it. I gotta figure out how to process that thing because I've never done any of that. Um, which probably leads me to the next thing I would be working towards, and that is uh, acquiring knowledge. Um, I'm very much aware that nowadays there is, you know, we are all very reliant on the internet and electronics and, you know, it's a beautiful thing that nowadays, if there's any piece of information you don't know, you can probably find that out pretty quickly without a whole lot of effort. You know, Google is a thing. There's a wide, vast array of resources available to you. Um, again, Everybody's gone. No one's maintaining the power plants or the cable companies or the satellites or the networks like your your Internet access is about to go foom. Um, and I think that I would probably go on some sort of mad tear to make sure I had access to all the information I think I would need in order to survive. Um, and I just pulled in, so we're going to pause, and I will resume this at some point in the future. Hey, gang, I'm back and uh, about to head off to work. But before I start driving, um, let's correct some, do some show corrections right now um, related to the Twitterness I spoke of earlier. So the, the real Twitter, the normal Twitter, is at today's show title, for those of you curious on that front. Um, the... As yet unused, uh, Dungeon Community College is at Dungeon College, and just for for absolute pointlessness, if you want to hit the deep deep archives, uh, it is Pope Nord Five, and it's at F N O R D the number five. Um, so there you have that. Um, yeah, so good times there. For whatever that's worth to you, you know, hey, if you're not following me on Twitter uh, at Castod. There are, you know, three other handles you can not follow, uh, so that'll be swell. Uh, or you can, and that'll be great and wonderful and, and fun. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't tweet a lot, except when I do. So where were we? I believe we, well, we weren't doing anything. I was the last person on Earth, so I was. Um, Scrounging knowledge, I believe, and I was was talking about how, you know, hey, there's not going to be much of an Internet left, at least not for long. Um, so I think I would be making beelines to libraries because um, there are a lot of things I don't know that I feel like I would need to know in order to have any kind of good chance of survival. Um, and really the only resources I would have would be books. I think, you know, I would have video available. If I could find some, some DVDs and such, that would, that would uh, you know, I could, could learn some stuff there. But obviously, 
there's no one left to mentor me in the arts of, uh, you know, animal murder or water purification or medicine. That's kind of the biggie. Um, we'll get to that maybe in a minute, but, uh, yeah, I'd need to, I'd need to go on a, a, a serious quest for knowledge and, and start, you know, hitting the books big time. Um, cause you don't know what you don't know. And there's a lot of stuff I need to get, need to get going. So, um, especially with no internet, no YouTube, no, no, no nothing, you know? Um, I, yeah. So we, we'd be, we'd be looking to acquire some, some books on, on some stuff. Uh, you know, love, luckily living in the big city as I do, I kind of feel like there are enough libraries around the spot where I could probably find most of these things. Um, though I will say, I think I would try and take advantage of the electricity and specifically the internet for as much as I could for as long as those things were around. Um, because books are great. I'm a big reader. I've done several podcasts just on books and reading and such. Um, but they're also big and heavy and hard to hard to transport. Um, and I think we'll, we'll we'll cross the topic of my mobility and location uh, perhaps a little later on. But uh, it's if I am moving about, that that's a lot of stuff to haul. So the the Kindle is a fantastic thing, uh, and you can fit a lot on there. But you got to strike while the iron is hot on that front uh, to get your, your digital stuff and get it downloaded and get it synced up to, to your machine and so forth. Um, and you may ask yourself, well, Todd, the electricity is going away. You know, that, that seems like a, a limited resource for you. And you're not wrong um, in the traditional sense, but the one of the other sort of side quests would be uh, – acquisition of generator, um, you know, some sort of gas-powered generation device, um, and or seeing what I could find out in terms of other, you know, power sources, you know, personal solar units, and, you know, I don't know if there's any sort of single-man serviceable wind power or hydro solutions you could get, but there are other ways to get power other than off the grid. Um you know, the, not, nece- not necessarily the best, but the easiest being a generator. You know, no one else is on the earth. I can go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get me the, the top-of-the-line generator that there is, and I now have power. doesn't help my Internet situation. You know, once all those remote servers go down, they're down. But as far as power goes, I can get a generator and, you know, use that to recharge the batteries on my laptop that will, you know, contain all of these books and or, you know, charge my Kindle, et cetera, um, so that it becomes, you know, a continuous resource. Um, but there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of books in, in data and in movies and stuff. Um, yeah, I think, I think with the, you know, the, the, the rest of the inhabitants of the earth gone, uh, there'd suddenly be a resurgence in my viewing of uh, DVDs, etc. Well, heck, I can finally get a Blu-ray. I can finally justify getting a Blu-ray because there's no streaming um, and they're all free. Um, 
you know, and start, you know, the, the movie collection that way. But, uh, you know, some of you may have said, okay, Todd, you get a generator. How in the heck are you getting gas? There, you know, the gas stations are still there, but all the people are gone. One of the things I would have to learn would be, you know, how to sort of operate a gas station in terms of how to, you know, if the pumps don't work, how do you get to the gas that they've got in the giant vats hidden underground? Which is, I got to think, it's got to be pretty straightforward. But, uh, you know, you get that, some sort of suction device and some gas cans, and I've pretty much got pretty much a limitless supply of gasoline because, I, you know, I don't know, but I don't think gasoline degrades over time. Like, I got to think that if it's sitting in the the wells at the gas station underground protected from most things it's just going to sit there until someone you know pumps it or you know siphons it up into a gas can to then feed into their generator so if it's just me i'm pretty sure we got enough gas going around to last me as long as i need it to um and that's how we power the generator which is how we power the laptop which is how we you know charge the Kindle to make sure that I have all the info that I need to carry on with life for as long as I can. Um, medicine is going to be a tricky bit because I am no doctor and that requires a whole lot of everything. I mean, I guess thankfully WebMD won't be around anymore, so I won't, you know, get a sniffle and think that I have cancer. Uh, but I will need to crack the books on just about everything else. Um, because there's no one for me to go see if my tummy hurts or if I, you know, break a leg or whatever. That's that's going to be all me. Um, so I think there would be a stockpiling of those supplies uh, as well, just for general, you know, purpose. I'll, you know, um, I mean, now that it occurs to me, if I'm the last person around, it's it, it might not be a terrible idea just to go live at Target or Walmart because they've got all the things and there's no one, it, there's no one stopping you from living there. You know, they have a, a bedding section you use as your bedroom. They've got, you know, all the, the dry goods you can use for a pantry. They've got a pharmacy. Yeah. I, now that I think of it, that's probably what I would do. I'd probably go, you know what? New base of operations. Um, Target or Walmart or, or whatever. I think I might go for my local Target as opposed to the Walmart, and here's why. The Walmarts all have grocery stores, which you'd think would be a great thing, but they all have grocery stores that are soon going to lose power and thus refrigeration and or have a whole ton of fresh foods, all of which are going to go bad and make the whole space start to be disgusting. Whereas the... Uh, the local Target just has a little, you know, fridge, freezer section. Um, I think I could hang out there longer before it got, you know, gross with mold and decay and disgust. Um, so there's that going for us. Uh, and if you're wondering, you're interesting yourself, that like, gee, Todd, you, you have this, you know, frighteningly well thought out. Um, let me say that, you know, I am not 
one of the the prepper people that you've heard about who stockpile all sorts of stuff in their basement and are planning for you know doomsday or the zombie apocalypse or the next civil war or, or whatever reason it is that they have for doomsday prepping um but you know for you know six to nine months i was a boy scout and their motto is always be prepared um you know the boy scout thing didn't work out for me for for a variety of reasons uh that i'm not going to get into now but there is some there is an appeal there to me of you know be prepared um I don't feel the need to actually be prepared for, you know, a weird circumstance like I'm the last person on Earth. Um, but it's not a thing that has never crossed my mind. Um, also relevant to this situation, I think, is, you know, I read a lot of sci-fi and, you know, post-apocalyptic stuff, you know, whether it's, you know, Short stories or novels, the occasional comic book, you know, there, there have been a quite a few movies out on this. You know, this isn't the first time this concept has, has sort of, you know, come to mind. Uh, and I've not put necessarily a whole lot of thought into it. But, you know, you're, you're, you're hanging out, doing a thing, you're, you're gardening, you're, you're driving to or from work, you know, your mind wanders. And, you know, I, I, I tend to have these little mental exercises of, you know, what if that happens. So this isn't the first time. Some of this stuff has come to mind. This is the first time I've recorded it. This is the first time I've purposefully dug into the topic uh, for any, any sort of duration. But if you're thinking, wow, Todd, that's, that's pretty in-depth for a thing you just saw on Twitter the other day, um, you're not wrong. And it's because, you know, I've had some thoughts about this prior to seeing the tweet. Um, so I figure I'll throw that out there, you know, to you, for you, at you. I don't know. There's some information. Uh, we'll throw that out there. Um, transportation. That's then and location. That's 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 sort of the the other thing I was going to chat about on this. Because I'm in Central Ohio, which is a which is a fine place to live. Um, no complaints. Uh, I mean, I guess. Being the last person on Earth, I think part of survival and staying sane is going to have to require looking on the bright side of things. I, I think we can all agree to that. And I think that, you know, in, in times of despair, uh, in, in dark times, sometimes you have to have a sense of humor and things that would in other circumstances, be considered horrific. horrific. Uh, sometimes you, you, can, you can find humor in and cling to, at least for me. And so please take this in the, in the nature in which it's intended. But, you know, living in central Ohio, if I were to become the last person on earth, I think that I would have to view it as a silver lining that that I could rest well in the knowledge that never again would I ever have to, for no good reason, be approached with someone going, O-H, and there being an ex expectation for me to immediately complete spelling the name of my four-letter state. Um, there, there's, there's some comfort there for me. I mean, with there being a central Ohio fully populated with other humans, this is a thing that I encounter more often than you might think. 
which may annoy me slightly more than it probably should, but uh, we could check that off the list um, of things to, to, you know, bother me, because let's face it, I'm the last person on Earth. I've got a whole other list of more important things to bother me, but I, I wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. That really wasn't the original point when I was talking about Central Ohio, but it, it popped into my head and seemed vaguely relevant. But living in living in the middle of Ohio as it is, it's nice. Uh, you know, there's there's you know all sorts of businesses and, and and people around and things to do and see. When all the people are gone, there's less to see and do. You know, nat- naturally. And while the area is good, and obviously as mentioned, I would have my choice of places to live. Uh, that also holds true everywhere. And it gets cold in Ohio uh, right now, according to the, the readout on the dashboard. It's 27 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which is not exactly fun and also requires, you know, additional resources to generate warmth. So depending on the time of year that this, uh, you know, apocalyptic departure of my fellow humans took place, it might not need to be immediate, but at some point I, I feel like I would want to be moving on. I would want to to be moving south to warmer places where things aren't going to snow and ice over. I think it's entirely possible I might um, might go. Uh, I don't know, either east or west, probably to a a, a adjacent to a body of water of some sort. Um, yes, we've got the Olentangy River, but I just don't even want to think about fishing for food out of the Olentangy River. Um, I feel like maybe becoming slightly more coastal might have some advantages and definitely further south where I'm not going to get, you know, frozen on a regular basis. Um, cause let's face it, you know, most of our civilizations cropped up around a, a source of water in times where they weren't heavily polluted or otherwise despoiled. Uh, which again is kind of why I'm not real keen on rivers, um, for my purposes, I feel like an ocean or a lake might might work out better because you can get food out of that. You can tra- you can you know, transport things on the water. You know, there, there's a lot of advantages, you know, sort of to that. Again, drinking water is not really something I'm terribly concerned about because I guess fortunately we've turned into a culture that, you know, has that in bottles everywhere. Um, saves me a whole lot of trouble in, you know, the purifying and clearing the water front, but, you know, if you got a nearby lake, you can, you know, bathe easier than trying to, you know, dump a bunch of bottles of water into a tub to ruin. Because um, i got to think if the electricity grid goes down, I don't know much about plumbing, but I, I there's got to be stuff that makes that all work. Uh, some sort of pumps somewhere that keep keep that flowing that, again, without any kind of human intervention or maintenance, are going to go down. So, you know, that's going to go away also. Um, Which also makes me think, mental note, what happens to natural gas for people who have, you know, gas stoves and gas heaters? You know, does that just stop flowing? Does that, you know, somehow build up and cause, you know, fire hazards or explosion risks? Uh, I don't know. I would have to read up on that. Um, 
But I need to, I, I, like I said, I feel like I need to move away from my current location. Um, and again, I'm not real concerned about, you know, getting gasoline, because I would, would need to solve that one anyway. Not real concerned about a vehicle, because again, they're everywhere. Uh, you know, it can't really be that hard to find a car and its keys and zip, zip, you're on your way. Um, you know, particularly there's a lot of, you know, hybrids and Priuses and those sorts of things around. So don't necessarily have to worry about the gasoline as much either. You know, sort of two birds, one stone. No, I think the chief problem would be, again, dependent on the nature of the apocalypse. Because, again, if it's all very sudden and, you know, happens during rush hour, you have a highway filled with cars and, you know, probably flaming wreckage uh, to where you just can't hop on, you just can't hop on the highway and, you know, zip east at 65 miles per hour because there are cars every so whatever in your way. Like, it's going to be slow going. Um, and I got to think that you know, as you approach your major metropolitan areas where there might be some gridlock, like that highway may just be useless to you. Um, Cause you know, it may be four lanes, but if it's four lanes, bumper to bumper, you, you're not getting anywhere in that. You're going to have to, you know, go on foot um, or, or somehow some other way, clear a path, which is the thing we'd have to solve. So I feel like it would be slow going. And I feel like, it would be an odd mix of highway and, and back roads, depending on, you know, what it is you were needing to do and where you would need to go. Because, uh, like I said, it, 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 it'd be like a minefield on the highways. you have to zig, zigzag through, and there'd be points where you just couldn't get past. Because um, there's a part of me that thinks, oh, well, if I'm going on this epic journey, well, let's just find ourselves a nifty RV and, you know, save ourselves the trouble, but it also occurs to me that probably with the amount of times that you would need to stop, that the, the path would be impassable to something as large as an RV is going to happen so often that you'd waste a bunch of time clearing the path for the RV or just getting all of your stuff out of that RV and into another vehicle as to make it not worth the effort. And now that I'm thinking of it, I think that if, you know, if I were to come into a you know situation where it's like, oh, crud, We've got, you know, a whole bunch of uh, space here where everything's blocked off. I think what I'd do is acquire a bicycle. Not that I'd travel across the country in a bicycle, but I would have the bicycle. I would throw it in whatever nifty car or other vehicle that I've... I mean, let's be honest, it's stolen, but nobody's around, you know, if possession is nine-tenths of whatever... No one's around to possess anything. It's not really theft. It's, it's, it's going to be how I'm going to morally uh, justify owning everything on Earth because I'm the last one around. But whatever car I'm in, you throw the bike in the back. So if you run into one of these, you know, everything's piled up and there's no way I'm getting this car through here, you hop on the bike, you ride it to the front of this, this holdup, you throw that bike into the front car, the car in front's trunk, that is your new vehicle, and you carry on. Um, which would be horrifically impractical if I have to haul a bunch of stuff with me. But again, I guess one of the 
silver linings that we'll have to look at as being the last person on Earth of essentially owning everything is you really don't need to bring much with you. Um, outside of sentimental value or things of immediate use, um, again, we live in a, you know, here in the States, we live in a world where you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Walgreens or a Target or a Walmart. Uh, you know, you've got refueling stations to get anything you might want all the way along the line. You know, like, you're not, you're not traveling far to get to another one. And in my experience in traveling the country, if you are traveling far to get to the next Walmart, it's because it's the country and there's nothing in between them, which also makes for easy travel because those tend to be wide open roads without a whole lot of congestion. So it, it, it kind of all works out well, you know, as well as traveling alone because there's no one else on earth can be. And yeah, I think I, I think that would be the method by which we'd we'd work our way to, you know, some nice coastal area. Of course, the problem with going to, you know, the coastal area is, you know, we have hurricanes and we no longer have meteorologists, uh, which strikes me as a potential problem because having lived in hurricane lands before, that's no joke. That's not something you can really just take your chances on and, and not be aware of or prepare for. I have to think about that. Should that, should that, maybe, maybe, maybe I, I live on the coast in the non-hurricane season and we go inland every six months. Maybe, maybe that solves the problem or helps uh, mitigate that concern. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, I guess. Uh, hopefully we never get to it is, is kind of the key thing here. I think that covers most of the bases on, you know, okay, you're the last person around, Todd. What do you do? Because I think outside of that, I mean, at that point, it's pretty much likely just going to be survival mode. Like, make sure you can make stuff happen. Um, like I said my first thoughts would be, okay, let's do what we can do to plan for the future while I've got full resources. You know, get the information, start planting crops, um, learn how to do those things. Is I think once we cross those bridges, like yeah, it's just survival. It's just you know, get your food together, make sure your shelter is not you know dangerous, live life. Uh, you know, um, I think it's fair to say that I would you know there there are a bunch of things that I would not be doing anymore. Um, I probably would. I don't know. I was gonna say I'd probably never finish my book. But I don't know. Depends. Once you, once I've learned, every, you know, the things I need to and things I, you know, sort of settle down and get into a rotation, I might want to just for the sake of saying that I finally did. I mean, obviously no one's reading it, but maybe, you know, maybe it's one of those personal accomplishment things. I don't, you know, that, that there would no longer be a podcast, uh, much to the sadness of no one because you're not here anymore. Um, but I don't think I would, I would do these recordings for no good reason. Because I also got to think that if I were the last person on Earth and I knew that I was the last person on Earth, I don't know that I'm the kind of person to be like, well, I need to leave a record because, like, what am I leaving a record for? Uh, you know, if, if, every, if all the, 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 the billions of people on Earth suddenly are gone and I'm the last one left, what record am I leaving that some, you know, far future alien lands on Earth and finds my stuff as opposed to everything the rest of the human race has left behind. 
Like that 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 seems incredibly vain. Um, again, I, maybe it's a thing I do just to try and keep myself um, sane or occupied, but not in a I I am the last you know historian of Earth. I have some duty to do it sort of thing. That's that's not how I feel like that would play out for me. Um, like I said though, you know, sort of at the beginning, you know, this is assuming I know I'm the last person around. I kind of feel like um, unless I had absolute verification that I was the last person, I would probably try and put some sort of effort into either finding somebody else or facilitating somebody else finding me because human contact is kind of a, you know, important thing to, you know, survive. And I think uh, if there were other people around. And I wasn't the last person on Earth, but I was, you know, one of the few, and boy, aren't we scattered far apart, humans on the Earth. Um, you know, might look into trying to change that. And, you know, depending on if we found anyone else and who that, who those someone else's were, that might shift things a bit. If all that's left are dudes, well, I guess we're not going to repopulate the planet. Like, that's not how that works. Theoretically, if enough of us got together, we could possibly do something like that, you know, build a new society and make things better and so on and so forth. But that is getting way far away from what I was planning to talk about. And also, I am currently pulling into my parking spot at work, so we're, we're going to call this good. This has been Ridiculous Thought Experiments with Todd, um, Apocalypse Edition. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. hope you found it entertaining. And... Uh, until next time, uh, I hope y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast.